0: Alright, guys, welcome back to What Does It Take? I'm your host, Alano, back at it again uh, with another fresh episode today with yet another special guest. But firstly, I just want to let you guys know that we've actually completed our AGM by this point. So we do have our new president for KCC up on the rise as well. Lots of people showed up to the AGM, so I was really, really happy seeing lots of people from different clubs as well across the board just showing their support and showing that, you know, KCC has extended their reach just a little bit more than uh, especially last year because I feel like last year we had like two or three guests show up that weren't committee but this year plus five I'm pretty happy with that (laughs) even though it's something that doesn't have to be really that measured it just really you know is is a personal thing that shows me that there is a bit more of an outreach for us this time around but enough of that special guest can you please introduce yourself
1: Hey everyone um, I'm Zach and I go to UWA and currently I'm studying accounting and finance so I dropped out of biomedical science studying pharmacology before and next year even though I will be in my third year of uni Mm -hmm. I will be studying my first year of accounting and finance yeah
0: damn okay Zach so this is I think our very first time talking as well I'm like having an actual chat but um, First of all, let's just talk a little bit about who's on your executive team you did say like on our way walking to uwa today that you had a chat with your treasurer was it yeah so just name who who's on your team and who you have so far
1: um so this year pretty similar to um, the other clubs so we have five executive positions instead of four um, so i'm the president for this year or next year 2022 and the vice president is my girlfriend, Alyssa. And treasurer is Leonard Goh. Um, our head of public relations is Ashley Pham. And our secretary
0: is Chili. Fantastic. Yeah. So, like you said, the VP that you have for 2022 is your girlfriend. That is a can of worms that I can't wait to open later on. But first of all, I just want to ask you, what, lead, like, what led you to that decision of wanting to run for presidency?
1: yeah so um obviously when you're like just about to finish your second year um part of asia like there'll be a lot of talk about like who's running for exec next year like um oh like we always ask our mates like oh are you gonna do it are you gonna do this and um like i think my year group is like really like they've got a lot of their own things to do. Mm. And I kind of saw an opportunity and I was like, oh, these people are like, not that like, oh, they're not running, I'll, I'll do it. It's more like, um, I think it would be good if someone that, um, if Asia had someone that was like passionate for it. And I wasn't actually that active in my first year. Um, I was busy with other things, but um, in my second year, I started getting really active, active and I just like, I just like wanted to like contribute more um make more of a change quote unquote from your speech <laughs> <laughs> yes but um yeah um i wanted to see a change definitely in um like intra club so like the committee within our club i wanted us to be um closer and i think like experiencing like a lot of the things in second year that i didn't experience much in first year like um i saw how important that was so i was like yeah let's do it like what have i got to lose like um everyone says that they like can probably be like too busy and stuff like have too many things to do but i think like um as influenced by my commitment in high school like being busy is good keeping yourself busy is good so i was like yeah
0: why not let's do it damn zach yeah really mature approach in my opinion um heading into that presidential role like wanting to be that person to step up to the plate and have that sort of like passion and be someone who's passionate about it stepping up to the play again but i do have a question for you um just a little bit about you know um just about how you spent two years in asia before becoming the president in contrast to me i only spent one year so in my fresher year after kcc um, i went straight into presidency so i just want to ask you how important is that extra year for you with regards to a president both in your own personal experience and how important do you think it might be for other people
1: yeah so um that's actually a pretty common topic like um obviously when you run for like a role you want to like your immediate competition or your immediate people that you have to like look out for other people that are doing the same role in other clubs as well and like when you're when you're talking about like um your like, what your responsibilities are and, like, whether you're ready for it, whether you want to accept your role or not. Um, A lot of the talk is, like, oh, what are these clubs doing and stuff like that. And I know um, from what you've said, KCC, like, you can run for exec positions um, right in your second year, and I think that um, you can do that with CS as well. I'm not too sure about MSU, I don't remember. But, um, yeah, and I was pretty surprised at that because, to be honest, after my first year, I was still, like... I was still just doing, like, the bare minimum that a fresher would do. Mm. Like, um, you come in, and because of, like, the way that Asia is structured, the people, like, in exec will tell you, your main goal is just to sell tickets. Right. So that's your main responsibility. And personally, I think that the second year is really important because, like, it's, it's okay if you get, like, thrown in the deep end with like heaps of responsibilities but with your second year like you're just slowly exposed to it and like um with the subcommittees Mm -hmm. so like you've got dance sport um public relations deco um like i think that's a really good way to like just slowly ease into like like it's more like um you know how like you exec would have like would know like pretty much everything yeah and then when you're in your second year you're exposed to a little bit more Um. i think that's that's a good way to go about it like i was in the pr team and i got a taste of what it's like to communicate with sponsors um things like that i also was head of dance for last year and um yeah i think that was that was really good but i wouldn't say that i would be ready to run for an exec position after my first year
0: right yeah yeah i think it's i think it's a bit to do with infrastructure at this point as well because like honestly the way that we have it is like we're able to actually expose our freshers as much as we can or as much as we want to to like all of these executive tasks because like within our first year within my first year actually as well i feel like i was able to do a lot of things or i was pushed to do a lot of things but the way that's received is I think a bit differently um, with like fresher to fresher, fresher cohort to fresher cohort even. Because like the way you guys have it, I think actually admire a little bit because like even though in that first year you only get to, like you said, maybe sell tickets or you push to do like not that much. That's actually something that may be expected of freshers because freshers who do come into the club usually are looking for a good time and not for like a long time, like always. But Um, I feel like the freshest for our club is a bit of a... We're in a bit of a pickle, like, internally because the people who are in our club sort of expected less than the amount that we've been putting onto them because they're expected to do so much. And from that standpoint, I think it could be a little bit draining. So do you think in your first year, like, you don't have that much, like, pressure to do that much either? Um, I think it's not that, like it's not really like a level of one to
1: 10 as to like what you have to do and stuff. But I think for, um, our freshers, I think as much as it is important to like do like the professional side of like what our club does, like selling tickets to the public and stuff. I think one of the main things that we push for is that like, because they don't have as many responsibilities, like a lot of the time is just to bond. Mm -hmm. Like, um, because we think that like bonding is just as important as like um, completing the tasks that you have to do or like staying committed to like the responsibilities that you have but like if cuz we only have like 3 events a year right um you, there'll be time, like there'll be spikes in time where you like really have to push you have to do like um like sell as many tickets as you can but the rest of the time like we just want you guys to like become like more of a family you don't want to, like, remain on that acquaintance level, you know? Right. And I think that um, it can be a little controversial because, like, let's say that you have um, freshers and they got time on their hands. They might just, like, go out and do something else with a different group of friends. Like, right. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing bringing them together. Um, but at the same time, let's say that they had more responsibilities that could even force them to, like, be together more. Right. And, like, form bonds that they wouldn't have formed if they were just like free to do anything they want so it, it weighing weighing like which one is better or which one is worse um i don't know it really depends like on the type of culture you have and the type type of culture that they're brought into when they join so yeah it's 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 hard to like it's hard to grasp like what you want from your freshers but yeah
0: yeah i feel that like actually it's Definitely something that execs have to think about something hard to quantify. Like are we putting our freshers through too much? Are we putting them through the right amount? How does it fit within the context of your own club, etc, etc But like, you know, I think I I think one of the factors that may be a little bit undermined is the fact that Having that opportunity to be in the club for more than one year so like you guys being in the club for two years before becoming an executive team gives you a better opportunity to perhaps bond with your executive like members before you guys become executives so like for example if i was in um, my fresh year actually yeah in my fresh year going straight to presidency in the year after my vp theo is someone who i barely ever talked to throughout my year um, as a fresher so given that opportunity that um, i might have had a year later like just having to speak to her being able to become a friend with her before becoming an executive might have proved like better in the long run. So I think that's definitely something to consider with regards to um, why people want non-freshers to run for executive positions and non-first year club members to run for those executive positions. But like you did say before, um, one of your reasons running for presidents, presidency in Asia was like, you know, being very passionate about it and sussing it out with your mates, you know, just having that conversation but you also said that the VP is your girlfriend, so you also had that... You must have had a bit of a conversation or something leading up to that point. So I just want to hear a little bit of context as to what happened before, like, your IGM.
1: Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we actually talked about it, like, quite a while before, um, like, when we had to do our speeches and voting or, like, accepting our nominations. And my first, my first, like, go-to thing was, like, if you wanna, if you wanna run for exec, I'm not gonna run.
0: Oh wow!
1: Okay, that was that was the first thing that we like went for. Um, but then it was kind of it was kind of funny because like as I said, like the second years in Asia, like a lot of them were like busy with a lot of their other commitments, and it kind of got to the point where like there was no one running. Oh, um, so like I was like, you know what? Um, based on my past. Um, with my girlfriend we've worked together before Mm -hmm. and we actually worked for her dad (laughs) together (laughs) um so and i realized i actually like really worked well with her and that was like one of the reasons why we actually like um got together
0: oh okay um
1: yeah we became really close through work and um i was like yeah i actually realized that like even though people say that being in a relationship can um, it, like, it's just opening a door for things um, to happen wrong like, right, right. like it's an opportunity for something to go bad Like I feel like because I'm close enough with her like, um, I'd be able to talk to her about anything mm. and um, yeah like I think we, we know how to set boundaries and I think that was like, that was like well practiced during our time at work because like you have to be professional at work um so we learned to we learned to separate our professional and personal lives and um i kind of realized it was just like, a pretty easy implementation you can do the same thing for asia and it's worked pretty well um until now i think
0: right that's good that's good yeah having that synergistic like functional relationship between you and your partner and then able to apply that to your executive team maybe actually like a sword that you guys have um, yeah for Asia with regards to your goals and what you want to achieve this year. Okay, so I just want to talk a little bit about your IGM now. Um, I do bring this up with most of the other clubs that have, that have come on and their presidents, but um, like I said, we did have our IGM for the first time this year and then um, we showed our results at our AGM yesterday. So I want to hear a little bit about how your IGM actually runs. So how about let's just talk a little bit about your subcommittees first. Is there any application with your subcommittee heads into your igm
1: um yes so actually there's no subcommittee um incorporation in our igm okay Uh, it's like a separate thing and it happens at the end of the year so we actually have our subcommittee nominations and acceptances like in the next few weeks
0: ah i see see. yeah so
1: it's a completely separate thing to the exact positions and i think it's good that we keep it that way um and subcommittee it's like we want to cater it so that it's less daunting mm. um, but still professional enough so um it's an open invitation for anyone to nominate anyone right. to be um, a head of subcommittee and then if you accept it you'll like do a google form and send it in oh okay yeah and then after you accept it um there will be a speech um it's not an igm it's just a meeting oh okay um, yeah. And then you got to do a speech and then they'll be voting. So because we want to like expose our freshers this year to their responsibilities next year as second years, we um, do encourage the speech. And if you run for it, um, you should do a speech. And then afterwards, there's a bit of a QA. and mm. a But the meeting will be much more casual than our official IGM. And I think that's a good way just to like expose them a bit but not make them feel like, like too scared right um and like yeah it's just it's just more relaxed it's like a mini igm um but yeah and then with our igm that happens like before the subcommittees right i'm pretty sure yeah yeah it did because the executives are chosen and then we the new executives help to choose the new subcommittees (laughs) so our igm was a while ago um so with the igm it's uh it's pretty it's pretty serious everyone comes in we've got food and drinks and stuff and then there'll be like the audience and then um the current executives will be like facing the presentation and then one by one you guys will come, like the, the candidates will come up and do their speech and then it will have a more like lengthy q a um part um, and yeah, the Q&A part is pretty serious. You've got to like um, really think about what you say. Um, and it's, um, for me, it's like the scariest thing. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about it, like you do a speech at school for an assessment. Yeah. Um, you're doing it so the teacher marks you. Right. Um, and uh, it's something that like, you know that you have to be serious for. But with this one, what I actually um, realized this year was that this is like incredibly scary because it's to your friends oh, and sure. like if you think about it you come into uni and it's a club run, run by your friends you have no professional obligation or like you don't have any like like you don't have to be professional like it's like when you go up to one of your exec members you don't talk to them like you would talk to a teacher right yeah. so it, like even though you might feel more comfortable with them at the same time, it, like, contradicts because mm. you're more scared to talk in front of them as well.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I think IGM was extremely scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's pretty much how it runs. Fair enough, yeah. But I think, yeah, this year we incorporated a system quite similar to you guys having, like, an IGM prior to the selection of our subcommittees, whereas where I discussed with, I think, Jessica, um, they might have had their subcommittee choice before their... Um, selections Mm. so yeah we have a bit of a similarity going on there but i just want to ask a little bit about your question like go a bit deeper into the q a process especially with this being our very first year most of the questions were posed from past executives or current executives or you know like these were questions that were very specific pertaining to like the club and things like that but we found that five minutes was too much for this time and like usually the case might be that Five minutes is not enough in fact like you guys have a 10 minute system i do believe or like the other clubs i think also have like a 10 minute q a open open floor situation so how are your questions going what kind of questions do people ask so
1: um with our questions after our speech i'm pretty sure that like our question time is like you ask questions until there's no more questions to be asked oh wow Exhaustive. Like, yeah it's it's pretty lengthy but obviously if it gets too far like our exec will say yeah last question and then we'll move on but um, I think like the questions can be very daunting and obviously people like they know what you're running for and like they'll obviously have a think about um, like what type of questions they want to ask you and some of the questions can be pretty like you have to go pretty in-depth in-depth and you gotta like think hard about it but I think the main idea with the q a um i don't know if it's the same for other clubs um but i think the main gist of the q a for me personally and i don't know if the other my other execs think it but it's more of just like are you able to think on the spot Mm. are you able to like um quickly find solutions um or like like will your uh, is your answer spoken in a way that um keeps your opportunity Opportunities open, right. and um, makes people still feel um, understood and accepted, and I think that's that's the main goal of the Q and A. Like you don't have to give a perfect answer. Mm. Like in my um, in my Q and remember them asking a lot of questions about like what are my ideas for other events, um, things like that. And personally, I didn't like like I didn't have an idea for every every single event for the next year, mm. but um, what I, like, tr- really tried to get out there was that um, I would be transparent with my committee. If they have ideas, um, i I'd take them all in, um, be open about things like that. And I think, like, practising being able to, like, um, show that you understand the questions that they're asking um, really reflects whether you'll be able to do that while you're um, in your position. So I think the main idea of the Q&A is just, like... Um, showing whether you can like think on the spot, be able to behave professionally, give a professional answer, things like that.
0: True. Yeah, Yeah. like another like aspect of that that you kind of alluded to is, can you actually listen like to committee even? Like when they ask you questions, there'll be plenty of questions like posed to you in the coming year. And there were plenty of questions posed to me in, in the year that I had, you know, that just tested whether or not we were able to like, actually like digest what our committee was saying to us. And like, actually, you know, see if we can actually have those answers. And at times, we can't actually have these answers, and that's perfectly fine. Because I feel like, personally, there's too much a there's too much of a pressure to be able to be perfect all the time. And that's why, like, even during my handover to my new executives for 2022, one of the main points, one of the main tenets that I sort of try to um, convey to them is that you do not have to answer at every meeting, every question. One of your go-to's right now that you can use is, I'm going to speak to the executives after this meeting, and we'll get back to you afterwards.
1: Agreed. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, just a little bit more about that question process. Do you have like any specific questions that you remember that were really really tough? I remember like with with Jess after our podcast, she told me like that there were a couple of specific questions towards her executive team that like should sort of push the boundaries of what is allowed, but still is within that realm of being functional for the committee to find out. So do you have any of those sorts of questions that you remember?
1: Um, yeah, it, it kind of came as a process um, or like a timeline of questions. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like, obviously they say, like, um, the the main basis of my speech was that I wanted to improve intra-club relationships. So, like, within the committee, I want to improve that. And then um, let's say they ask me a question about, like, They'll be like, oh, what do, you have, what do you have planned for the events next year? Um, how are you going to change, like, for example, a cocktail event to be um, more successful or, like, more different? Um, and obviously, that wasn't the main idea of my speech. Right. Um, and, yeah, I, I struggled to think of ideas. Um, and then I'd let them know that, like, one of the main things that I would do would be to get ideas from my committee mm. and get ideas from my exec talk to my exec about it. And then following on from that, there was a question about um like you keep saying that um you keep saying that you're gonna listen to your committee and listening uh listen to your exec about like your ideas and stuff and doesn't that mean that you're just like pushing over your, your responsibility to them wow. and not doing anything. Okay, yeah. Um I don't exactly remember what I said, but um i think the next question um kind of tied it in for me because i got another question saying that what do you believe that the role of the president actually is mm, because yeah. obviously you have your treasurer yeah. um, take care of the money you have your sec um record everything write everything down and then you have your pr um take care of the social stuff then your vice president um, yeah, with the vice, vice president and president, that was what they were asking. Like, what right. is the actual role of it? And um, I had to resort. I had to say like, oh, if I, um, I'd probably go and ask my previous president right. as to what it is. But yeah, that was, that was really confronting. And um, yeah, I don't have a clear cut definition as to what the president does. But I feel like, um, like it's my job to be the face of the club. And to mm. keep the committee together and um yeah that's that's what i opted for but yeah some difficult difficult questions to answer
0: yeah and they came one after the other so yes yeah. the bombardment the war of attrition maybe even yeah. yeah i think that question of like you know what is presidency to you like what are you actually doing what are you trying to actually aim for is so so vague because it's like or i would even consider it borderline unfair but it's a question that everybody has Like it's a question that's fair enough to come up with, but it's unfair in the fact that it's not there's no black or white answer. The Constitution does not cut it like when it comes to defining what the presidential role actually is when you get into it. So even me at the end of my like term, I think to myself, what was my role? Like, what was I meant to do? And I think that the role that I actually had as president, is never ever going to be the same as the role of anyone who comes after me or came before me because it's really you who shapes the role so how can you really answer that like how can you say what you're going to do or say what say the same thing you would say in the future like it's pretty tough question and like you do have to resort to you know asking your immediate past president or presidents before that and it makes sense in my opinion as well like to look to them as a source of you know Fundamental understanding with regards to what the president does because you're not going to do the same thing as franklin did like you could have the same goals in mind but execution there's too many different variables throughout your entire term that's going to change the way you sort of go about things and act out what you think your role is
1: yeah and also
0: like i think that there is like
1: a sort of a stigma Mm -hmm. to like that position like because there's so many stories of like abuse of power like Right. A person sits on the top of the throne, tells tells every tells everyone what to do and then he doesn't really do anything himself.
0: Mm, yeah. um
1: and yeah, and I like because of because of like the answers that I had to questions it seemed like I was doing that. Um, right. It seemed like I was just keep, like um, passing on all my responsibilities to the um, like to the committee or to my team. But I think that like it's it's the little things, like like the crumbs. That you pick up is what really bring, what will like really define you as a president, and what will bring your committee together and stuff like that. So yeah, it's 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 a hard question.
0: Yeah, like trying to make, trying not to paint yourself as an authoritative, like authoritarian figure is really really tough. Considering you're in the perfect position to do just that, and yeah. like at times you have to be that. I feel like with me, there are times where I have to almost command. My committee to do the things that we need to do for a functional like from a functional point of view to help our committee keep continuing because it's really tough like that's why in my like in my executive summary at the agm i paid homage to the president of 2019 specifically because i felt like she sort of changed it like changed the way presidency should have been seen especially in contrast with the year before where it was a little bit more authoritarian versus when she was the president she like almost became a friend at the same time so really what is a president is a president like synonymous with being a commander is the president being synonymous with like just being a leader in your like friend group or like what is it it's just too hard to like pinpoint what that definition actually is like in my opinion yeah so i just want to ask you now um we did just have a quite a large like you know digression on what presidency means to us so how about like the way handover works. I feel like there's a different process from committee to committee, club to club. Um, and I just wanna open up the, the floor just by speaking about my own handover that we've had. So we haven't actually had an individual handover, which is I think the sole way that MSU goes with, but um, we did have our group handover already. So our group handover consisted of me and the other eight um, executives in question, both 2021's team and 2022's team, we presented them with like a 170 plus like Google Slides <laughs> document. And, you know, we dragged through that and then got got through it in the end, had our dinner afterwards. But yeah, our that particular like Google Slides was just sort of like a how-to guide of everything and like how each executive position differs and what we do with regards to events in our year group, uh, in our year and how to like, execute particular events stalls clubbing events etc etc but like how does how do you guys go about your handover and do you know if it was the same as last year even just floor is yours
1: i think um it's pretty similar to Mm -hmm. be honest so there was a night where we um gathered at a house and we just um, like they prepared a handover document and it's like 28 like full pages wow just like (laughs) i'm just like writing yeah. And then we just slowly go through everything. And um, yeah, we just start off with things that like everyone needs to know, um, like the whole exec group needs to know, um, such as like what forms you need to hand in, um, like all the, all the different things that like, um, like an ordinary com- committee member wouldn't know. So mm-hmm. like we've got um, the meeting to organize the dates, fly events, things like that. So we just go through all of those things. And then um, when it got like later into the night, we um, split off. And then like, <clears throat> it was like a brief summary as to um, what you have to do. So um, Amanda, which was our sec for 20, for this year, talked to um, our sec for next year. Mm, yeah. um, and it was like, yeah, I'm not entirely sure if... I know for our treasurer, Chloe... She had a like a one on one handover with Leonard, yeah um this year, like just themselves, but um the president will look after I think the president will look after the new pmVP
0: oh okay yeah, yeah.
1: and we I haven't had me and Alyssa haven't had a one on one with Frankie yet oh okay, but I don't even know if that's necessary right because um, yeah. it yeah, it really depends, but like. Yeah, it's pretty much just, like, a big meeting that goes for, like, four hours. Yeah. And then um, after that, it's just, like, a brief summary as to, like, um, like what each individual role entails. But I think, I think Chloe and Leonard had to do, like, a more in-depth thing because of, like, financial statements and stuff.
0: For sure. Yeah, yeah I think it's fair enough that, you know, that presidential handover isn't entirely necessary mm. because, like, of the nature of the role of treasurer and secretary, like they have all these like specifics of like things to do that don't really like pertain to the role of president or VP that are like better off like being taught one-on-one over a dinner over whatever like whatever method and that's why like I do want to like can consider carrying on that um you know one-on-one handover like sort of culture exec to executive so I feel like last year with my handover um I didn't actually get that opportunity either yet and I hadn't like ever had this one-on-one um, situation with my immediate past president before me, Jimmy. So we never had that sort of conversation or that like one, one-on-one, one this is how you do presidency, this is how I sort of think, saw it. And to say like if that was important or not is still like I guess we'll never know like situation. But um, yeah, having that like one-on-one between Nick and Ben for secretary and, um, Matt and Albert. I, I do think that they did have those opportunities to do that. And they did uh, pull off that one-on-one handover. I think that's good. And, um, I actually for, for this year, I will be doing a one-on-one handover from me to the new president, just to sort of like help, help her settle into the role a bit more and help, you know, um, help her understand like why I did what I did because, i think like something that is also like not discussed enough or like isn't that something that doesn't have enough of an awareness is that the only people that understand you the most are people that have been through it and like for me um Chien was someone i could really talk to um the president for 2019 um jimmy was someone that i could still talk to at times like just discussing like you know a general how did you handle this like i feel like Even last night, like, after AGM, we had a, like, little, like, post-AGM sort of party thing. And one of the words I remember or one of the, like, conversations that I remember having with Jimmy is that um, I told him that, um, albeit drunkenly, I told him, hey, man, I feel like even though I changed so much infrastructurally, even though I feel like I achieved my goals, something that was a little bit lacking was the, like, intra-club sort of situation intra-club like vibes which is something that you seem like you want to like improve with your uh, role so like i asked him like oh how did you guys do it like what what would you have done differently is there something that i should be doing differently is there something that i should say to the new president and i think jimmy's answer was kind of like reflecting on his year saying oh with covid going on there's pretty much nothing we could do however like it's a bit of a like interesting unique situation where because there was nothing to do we resorted to going online and that and online there's actually a lot to do and then that bonding actually catered to itself and there wasn't much work needed to be done with regards to those things so that's why I think like with Alexia our new president for 2022 um, we we're probably going to have a more similar th- year this year um, compared to last year um, with regards to next year so I do want to tell her like some sort of things about like you know, my goals and like um, I want to discuss her goals you know just to make sure that she recognizes like who she is and recognizes the role that she's in and what she can do with the role because like we discussed earlier the role is really vague but because of that there's so much that can be done so next up I just want to ask you about your goals in fact so do you have any like overarching goals or any goals that you've come up with uh be like leading up to today with regards to presidency or even your club
1: um yeah so i think i mentioned it before i do want to improve like the the way that like we like the committee interacts with each other the the the, like the big thing that i said in my speech was that um like improvement needs to come from within the committee before we can reach out to like um like the public, mm. um, that like the outside community, and um, I think I think one of the big challenges, like this, is something that has been like going through my mind like quite a lot when I like associate myself with this club. It's like, like what what draws the line between this club being like a professional club and being like a casual club? Right, because <clears throat> I think. There's, there's a lot of things that, like, um, this club encompasses. And I think similar to the other clubs as well. The, like, the nature of it is kind of, like, it kind of segregates a bit. Mm. It's, it's Asian students in Australia. Yeah. Um, and we want to have, like, a holistic approach to, like, choosing committee members, like, whatever we do. But at the same time, we want to limit it to, like, keeping things Asian or something like that right yeah. yeah and at the same time you've got like one side of the club where professional um and like as you get into your second and third year you're gonna have to talk to sponsors more you have to talk to like um event organizers venues and stuff and you have got to keep a pro- professional approach to that but at the same time you also gotta like not that you have to but like you want to be like friendly mm. and i think um like a lot of the, a lot of the things that like could be an issue, um, that could like be detrimental to the intra club relationships. Is this like casual and professional like battle, sort right. of? Yeah, because like when you're in this club, like I have to be. I like referring to your speech again. Like I had the executive awakening. Yeah. Like I had the I had the switch in my brain where like. I have to be more professional when I'm dealing with this club. Like I'm on the face of the club. Like I'm the peop- I'm on the person that people look up to. And one of the like one of the lines I have to draw is like where my where my professionalism ends mm. or like where it begins, something like that. But at the same time, I really want to like make sure that we're close. So I think that My approach for this year is to make sure that um, we have uh, maybe an updated or like, or just like a more thoughtful approach when we choose our freshers. Mm, Yeah. And then with that will come like a good opportunity to be able to bond with them first. And then once you bond with them, like once you talk, like just catching up with someone, you talk to them and like the conversation can go and then you start talking to them about like, or what you did um like on a friendship level wow. and then what you did for the club on a professional level. And if you expose them and like if you have a good enough friendship to be able to talk to them about a lot of things and expose them to like um, whatever you're limited to expose mm-hmm. them to, they'll have a good understanding and as a result, like everyone is on the same wavelength and wow. then our club improves and then our connection with the community improves. And then like things would just fall into place that's what i think so that's my that's my goal
0: and i think it will start with the freshers for next right. year yeah but yeah definitely that like importance of freshers grows like with the length that you've been in the club even like i feel like the more experience you have in the club the more you realize like we really need our freshers to be of a certain like level of a certain like uh personality walk of life even and like the way we choose our freshers, both our clubs, both even like uh, CS and MSU, it's always like, we feel like there should be more to be done, like there could be more to be done, Um, you know, honing down on our freshers and like truly understanding who they are as people and like, you know, trying to create an environment that is encouraging for growth um, at the same time. But it is very tough because, you know, the nature of people, the nature of humans even, like we all want to be um we all we all want to be choosing the path of least resistance and we all want to like you know just become um people who are comfortable and sometimes like you need to be put through the fire and flames to like become someone who is um suited to that professional sort of side that you were mentioning or someone who's like you know capable enough to you know step up to the plate to even be an executive like because it's Pretty tough at times to, you know, maybe have a fresher pool where like you may think to yourself, Wow, these might be our future executives, but you can't see it at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like it's so tough to truly understand like the gravity of the importance of freshers until you're up like in the position that you're in, like right now, even. Like even in the position that I was in as the immediate past president, I like see my freshes and I see that, you know, so many people have stepped up to the plate and I see that these guys really are the future of our club and your freshers are really the future of your club even and i know that's a conversation that albert and i have had a lot with regards to freshers and like how important they really are to to us and um even like if we don't pick the perfect freshers we can create the perfect pressure uh, freshers out of them um with the environment if we have that you know anabolic environment almost but another goal that I want to ask that I did also mention in my past podcast is that, is it one of your goals to um, surpass the performance of your immediate past president? Um, yeah,
1: that's, it's not really like something that I've thought of. Um, Cause coming into this, like I have my own ideas and obviously you can be daunted by like the success of the club. Like, obviously, there were years where Asia was really successful and then other years, um, maybe not as much. So, um, personally, I didn't really think about it um, too much. But um, looking at how Frankie led this club, we've had our rough times. And um, I have, like, huge respect for Frankie. And, um, like, my my goal um, didn't originate with being, like, um like the the goals that I thought for the club didn't originate from like being better than what Frankie did mm. or something like that. It was just it was just a personal thing, like something that I witnessed. So um I think that if I am able to complete my goal, I will be satisfied. And I don't think like surpassing like previous execs or like frankie in this instance is of too much importance because it really depends like if if my club's happy like even though they might we like might not get as many ticket sales we might not get as much reception in our thing but like it because there are so many areas to this club that needs work or can be improved or like like we've got our committee, we've got our community, we've got our sponsors, we've got our events. There's so many things that, like, could be the could determine like how successful our club is and like how well we achieved our goals. But I think it really depends on like where your executive team starts from. Mm. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think my goal is like or my goals are to be like more successful than Frankie did. Mm. Um, so yeah, like um kind of like not a relevant question but like not something that i thought of if you know what i mean
0: yeah really well said zach i feel like um like you said so many different avenues for you to explore so many so much potential for you to have goals that are completely different um compared to your predecessor or even like goals that you perceive that your predecessor have like that means that like it's kind of that cristiano Ronaldo versus Messi question like who's better like Or are they just, like, two completely different players, right? It's, like, not really, like, um, you don't really have to compare them to each other. It's better to, like, compare yourself to yourself, um, like, as time (laughs) goes by. So, I think, yeah, very mature answer to that. Yeah, and I
1: think, um, sorry to interrupt, but just, like, if you think about it, like, the measure of success is, like, it can be measured by other people. It's not limited to yourself so yeah I really like resonated with that Cristiano Ronaldo like I literally watched this thing on TikTok and it's like Cristiano Ronaldo like is the best goal scorer Mm. but like like if if the audience is asking that question like in in the point of view as to like who is the best goal scorer it would be Ronaldo right but if it's like something else like who can change like the play of the game it Mm. would be Messi like i'm not i'm not saying this is fact or anything i'm just saying that it really depends on the like the perception that like your audience has yeah Um, but me on a personal level it will like if i achieve my goals i'll be happy
0: yeah Mm, yeah. and like i like how you mentioned or sort of alluded to my like mentioning of the executive awakening like that's something i mentioned in my executive summary at the agm this year as well and i think um, for our audience out there something that i'll explain um in possibly a future podcast maybe that one that i'm hoping to have with alexia as well but basically yeah it's that switch like you described that makes you really understand your role like a lot more it's like a huge like reaching that threshold and understanding like what your like what your potential is and like how you can actually achieve that potential because before like um before i had that awakening within myself i was like um in my early stages. Oh yeah, my goals were actually quite in line with the goals that I believed that um, Jimmy and the team had. Because at their AGM, uh, the 2020 AGM, they were talking about you know making clubs, making the club bigger, um, making events better and better. And I do remember the three goals actually that I thought I had, which were um, returning a bigger profit, um, returning a larger number of memberships compared to last year, and having our clubs events be bigger and better. And I thought that was like, you know, quite, you know, a very general, but stable, like presidential goal to have. And then on that night of Hotel de Luna, that's when it changed. And when I realized that this is a goal that can be achieved by, you know, any president, but not me, this is not my goal. This is not the goal that I would have um, completed and completed with a smile on my face at the end. But I digress. Let's go back onto topic. I want to just ask about your actual like team again have you had any meetings yet and do you have any like comments on the dynamic of your team yeah so um
1: I think coming off from our previous topic of like having that second year yep. for your executive um uh the executive team that I have this year are all my friends like my close friends oh okay so we're, we're really close like um we were super excited as a whole group. So um, I just like go through what sort of connections we have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. me and Alyssa, obviously, we're in a relationship. And we have Leonard, Ashley and Chelly. Leonard and Ashley went to the same high school. Mm. Um, Alyssa and Chelly have been friends from Chinese school or something. Oh, okay. um, me and Leonard have been friends since primary school. Um, and me and Ashley know each other from, like, from my high school. And she was like used to be in my sister's school wow so we're we're like pretty close um I would say and um we have our connections and I think that really really helped like well it has been helping for like the short amount of time we've been exec um to like get things done and um yeah I'm really I'm really happy with the dynamic that we have and um we've already had meetings we've I think we're gonna have our third meeting soon oh okay next wow. Tuesday or something and um, yeah and we have I think we have the same values for the club and um, one of the things that I like really like about our team is that like everyone has their role and because we know each other so well like we don't we don't really have to waste time as to like figuring out who's who's good at what mm-hmm. we kind of have them like set in stone already like um, I think a conversation that I had with Alyssa before was that um, we were talking to a sponsor, yeah. and um, we were asking them um, some questions about Ode and stuff, and we came to a realization that like each of us like have our own role, and because we know each other as friends, like we don't we didn't even have to like have a conversation beforehand as to whether who does what. Well. Mm. So um, let's say like we were talking to a hypothetical sponsor. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Chelly's role is sex. She'd be writing things down. And she's more of, a, like, a rev- uh, a reserved person. So wow. she won't do much of the talking. So she'll be, like, writing things down. And then we have, like, Ashley. Um, Ashley is a super creative person. She's great mm-hmm. at graphics. Um, and she will be, like, the one that bounces ideas off everyone.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: or, like, brings up things that we might not have thought of. And then um, Alyssa, mm-hmm. she-, she will be, like... Um, she's one of the most like organized people that I know and she'll be the one that discusses logistics and things like that and then we have Leonard Um, obviously he'll be in charge of financials but his personality is that like um, he's not afraid to push the boundaries Mm. and um, he's well spoken and like he like I'm not going to go into too much detail um, but like there was a situation where like um, we agreed to do something And then he would push the boundaries and if he didn't push the boundaries we might not have benefited as much as we are now that sort of vibe and then for myself I kind of sit back and I assess the situation and then um, like if we're talking to someone or we in our own meeting I'll come up with like the concluding points um, summarize everything and make sure everyone's in understanding of everything so yeah I'm I'm really happy with my um, team at the moment And um, it really helped that we were friends before because we know each other
0: um, pretty well. So, um, yeah, I think we all have our equal roles. Wow. Yeah, that's great to hear. Like, you know, having that head start even of like being friends first is like really always beneficial for executive teams dynamic and seeing that you guys have already molded like into your roles or maybe the roles have been molded into you guys is just, that's great to hear because the synergy sounds like it's off the charts. Chemistry sounds like it's off the charts as well. So looking forward to a lot of success next year as well. <laughs> so also just heading back into like, you know, there's actual specific presidential questions. Have you run into any issues of yet while being the president? Because, you know, uh, with our new executive team, very fresh into their roles, they've already had a couple of issues that I'll be discussing with them later on. But have you had any personal issues with you being the president, whether it's to do with like, you know, the club or, Anything else? Um, to be honest, the,
1: like the activity level of our club isn't too high at the moment because mm. we've just been through exams and stuff. So the only things that we've um, pushed for recently is um, like subcommittee nominations, things that we have to do. Um, but there's not much going on, so to speak. Um, but then the exec team, we have our own things to do. Um, like planning for next year, and as the president, I'm working closely with Alyssa. Um, naturally, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think um, it's kind of it's kind of hard um, with me and Alyssa as to like who does what. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: yeah, I personally I just feel like this this president and vice president role is like the ambiguity of it makes things, makes things like pretty hard to do. Oh. Um, and then we factor in our personalities. Um, we're both pretty like selfless. We're like, oh, I can do this, you can do that. Um, so the only, the only sort of hiccup that I'm coming to is like, um, like who does what. Right. Um, between me and Alyssa. Cause the other, the other roles are okay. They're mm. kind of set in stone. But like, um, there's a lot of things that like, um, don't really fall into any category. And then there'll be times where we have to um decide who does what and then I've got my own commitments, she's got her own commitments. Um But I think I think it's getting okay. Um we'll just like come to an agreement, like if you do this, I'll do that. Um and if you've already like handled these people, then you just continue handling these people. Um things like that. But yeah, I haven't really come run into any hiccups at the moment, touch wood. Um, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i um, just like a question like I think that you know that dynamic between you and Alyssa being in like a relationship and both being executives and then immediately coming off of Franklin who was in a relationship with the president of MSU like hearing this sort of news almost came as like tabloids to me like people <laughs> just telling me oh my god Alano, did you know that like Asia's president is actually dating the vice president I was like what that's <laughs> kind of that's insane but like you know, just from an executive standpoint, especially personally, I was in a relationship, well, I still am in a relationship with um, my head of dance for 2021 as well. And I found that there were lots of benefits and like there were still some negatives at the point, no, not gonna lie, but um, I just wanna ask you a little bit about the perception of you and your partner in your executive roles. Like, is there any like perceptions that you know of with regards to like how your committee perceives you two and like how like you guys will work is there any like stigma or anything yeah so um we actually we actually had a talk about this um
1: just me and Alyssa. um i think it would be appropriate to say it now um but just to start off with we obviously thought like oh what would people think Mm. um if you're the president i'm the vice president or the other way around and i think that it was pretty it, it came into clutch um pretty well because of our involvement in, um, like, because of our activeness in second year, and I'm comfortable hanging out with committee without her, and mm-hmm. she's comfortable hanging out with committee without me as well. So um, that was sort of a benefit that we didn't even realize. But then the other thing um, that actually I don't I don't even know if my exec team knows about it because oh. it's just um, something that me and Alyssa have talked about but i think it's appropriate to say it's nothing like controversial or anything but we did we did think about like whether our relationship and how close we were would like affect that the decisions that the executive team would have to make Mm, because if you think about it like me and Alyssa are super close and it's really easy it's really easy for us to like because we get along so well, it's really easy for us to think of something, think it's the best thing, think it's the right option, give it to our exec team and kind of like push for it to happen. Right. And make it happen and kind of be oblivious to like other ideas that the the other members in our team would have. So um, I'm really glad that we like thought of like, not thought of it, but like noticed like what would happen if this occurred. Mm. And I think... um, yeah, that, that could be a stigma um, in regards to our roles, especially being pres and vice-pres in the exec team. But it's something that I'm constantly um, checking myself up on, I'm sure this is as well. So I think I think that was the only issue mm-hmm. that we had. Um, we're confident to say that um, we're not like too segregated from the committee. Obviously, if you're in a relationship, you have your own personal lives but um yeah i don't i think that was the only issue that
0: we had to consider but we are well aware of it so yeah right yeah i'm actually really glad that you brought that up because yeah it is such a unique like sort of situation that like you know having what does it take having this podcast even is it's all about bringing up things that i wish we could talk about like in public or i wish that executives would be able to talk about and you know in the case that maybe in a couple years maybe three four five however many years time if there's another like potential um like relationship within executives like within the executive team like they can look back on this and be like wow so even zach chan could do it so like why, why can't i do it so like hearing about you know how you sussed out almost the benefits and um negative negatives and like you have an understanding of like a sort of almost an empathetic understanding of how people might perceive you guys and how that might that could sway the decision making within the executive team is really good to sort of manifest to sort of surface out so that people can like see what you guys are actually thinking like in that regard it's good um, but yeah, I think something we did mention earlier is just like drawing that line b- between professionalism and like being like a casual club. And I just want to talk a little bit about respect because this is something that I know my current president has a lot of trouble with um, coming to terms with because respect is such a, like, it's such a subjective thing. Measuring it is subjective, receiving it, subjecting it, is subjective. And like at times, like our president or my president has asked me as in president for 2022 has asked me how do i gain the respect of my peers and even when at the end of our agm when i invited her to speak one of her first things she said was i know i don't have your respect yet and i think that it's a little bit tough because even in our spam chats like she's she's saying lots of things and people are like treating her like a friend and people are like enjoying her company as a friend but will that change over time does more respect equal like less like friendliness what what's your take on like the whole respect situation being a president being a friend
1: um yeah so this is actually something that's come up quite a lot um just like um with my friends um, especially leonard um i didn't really know franklin that well um, mm-hmm. when i was in my second year and um i'm glad that i was more active in second year um, no as in I didn't know Franklin that well in my first year. Ah, yes, yes. And I'm glad that I was active, more active in my second year because um, Frankie, I, like, I began, like, my relationship with him as, like, just an acquaintance. And um, he was, he was really, it was, like, a really quiet guy. And, like, um, I didn't, like, see him as, like, authoritarian or mm. anything like that. But I think that his commitment, um his commitment, um, somehow he would end up like being at every single event that we did. Every wow. single stall, relay for life, every single event, um, everything. And I don't understand how he does it. But um yeah, it's just insane that like his commitment um with mine, like I, I'm happy that I was active because I'll be able to see like how much he does.
0: Mm, yeah. So
1: um, it's really cliche, but like you don't earn your respect um, through your words; you earn it by your actions. Right. Um. And yeah, as cheesy as that sounds, like it really like dawned upon me. Like this guy is so committed to this club, and um, and I think that like. Obviously, it's not going to be, like, rainbows and butterflies. Like, it's not like he's, like, this magical person that's, like, always there, always doing the best thing. Like, there'll be times in, like, where Frankie wouldn't be happy with our committee. Mm. Um, And because I know how committed he is and because I know how much he cares for this club, like, I was able to, like, um, have empathy towards him and know that when he's upset, he's generally upset. Right. And that that really earned my respect because you can't be upset if you're not there. Like mm. you can't you can't like be angry about a situation where you're not present. You're not committed. Right. But like there's there's nothing that I can fault him um in terms of his commitment, and that like that really earned my respect. So like um in terms of like we have our chat obviously yeah. um like a whole committee chat and like. Uh, me, Alyssa, and Leonard talked about it. It's like when he, when he's the one that sends um, a message in your chat, and he's not happy with us, that's like I feel, I feel bad.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, so yeah, that that really stems from my respect for his commitment to the club. So um, I think coming from that, like, um, that's that's kind of what I want to be. Like, I'm not the most outspoken outspoken person. Um, I tend to like stay quiet first. Are more reserved um i think most of the people that i've interacted know that but um yeah the commitment um and the actions that i do that i think that um is really important in earning respect so yeah franklin is the first name that popped up in my
0: mind when i heard the word respect damn yeah having such respect for your you know media past president i feel like that's really awesome and i think it's something i'll be discussing later on in today's podcast as well but first of all, I just want to dig deeper into you as a person as well. What do you think is one of your biggest or what are some of your biggest flaws coming to this position as president? Acceptable answer is I don't have any, but like, yeah, whatever you want to say man, about flaws. Yeah, um, one of my best friends from high school, he wrote, he wrote an
1: answer, he's like, it was like, what are your weaknesses? It's like, number one, nothing. And then, <laughs> and then number two, arrogance. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's not me. Um, with with my flaws um, something that also sounds really cliche but like I have a really bad habit of saying yes to everything oh, okay. um, yeah. and I think that comes from the nature of my parents I really see that in my parents like my dad he'll say yes to anyone his personality isn't the one to like decide mm, okay. um, so he's the one that will be like if someone asks him to do something he will do it and like before you realize it, you put too much of your effort into something that may not be worth it, mm. and then in the end, you regret it. Right. Um, it's sort of like, it's sort of being a pushover. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's something that um, I really need to like make sure that I can like discern what is like what should I put my importance in, what is a point where like people take advantage of me, and like when to say no when to know my boundaries and yeah um i've had trouble with a lot of my previous like um part-time jobs or casual jobs where like i state i state that um i state that i only want to do this amount of work but then um because of my work ethic because of the way i was raised i would do them to my best of my ability and then in like combined with my inability to say no to someone. I could be like over committing myself to something. Right. And um, yes, like there've been times where I've been overworked. Um, I've had trouble with like um, not getting paid for what I thought I deserved. Something Mm. like that.
0: Um, And yeah, that's
1: something that I've like really been working on. Um, Yeah, that's the only thing that comes up at
0: the moment. Right. And like, like dovetailing off that, talking about like your biggest advantages, maybe commitment can be used as a sort of a spear as well for yourself, but like, you know, what, it, what would you consider your greatest advantages or pros even of yourself?
1: Um, I think that my ability to um, not speak oh, <laughs> is yeah? kind of an advantage. I mm-hmm. think like my ability to be able to assess the situation and just like hold back, right. um, like paired with my personality um i told you before that like i'd be the one that like assesses a situation and then um when i feel like i'd be able to structure things put things into place i'll be able to do that and then when i do like um have something to say it 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 won't be like it won't be something that's like useless Mm. um and i think that's one of my like advantages um is that like i have a really like analytical mind and I'll be able to like assess what's good and bad and um coming from that is my ability to analyze like people mm. and um kind of sounds weird <laughs> but um yeah I feel like um because of my like nature my reserved nature I'm able to tell like um if someone's unhappy with something if someone's happy with something like even though they don't say it um and i think i'm a pretty emotionally sensitive person mm. so like even slight nuances in like a person's behavior like even their eye contact something like that like i think i'm pretty good at being able to like tell when someone's like agrees with me or doesn't agree with me and then um yeah i'm not afraid to ask them i'm not afraid to like confront them about something um yeah i think that's that's pretty much it yeah, yeah i think back that
0: having that ability to really like scan the people you're talking to and have that confrontational like awareness or like lack of fear even is really important i reckon especially in that place of authority that you have like right now like there are so many times where you need to like exercise your authority and the fact that you can have such a calculated mindset towards these sorts of situations is going to be very like very good in the fact that a lot of the decisions you'll be making, I guess, would be less emotionally based, but more like emotionally, um, more like you've got these decisions that are gonna be um, knowledgeable, like more of a like calculated effort, for lack of a better word, with regards to like you know situations where maybe reprimandment might be necessary, or like you know um, situations where uh, critical thinking is necessary which there'll be a lot of like opportunities for that with regards to your presidential like career pretty much. But yeah, I just want to ask you a little bit about now interclub matters. Um and to be specific, I mean inter-club within the context of not the sport, not the interclub sporting event, but like reaching out to other clubs, especially in the context of uh, reaching out to KCC um msu cs and even other clubs like that do you have any plans with reaching out to those clubs because i feel like it's not it's not ever necessary actually but it is a potential thing that you can use um with regards to trying to build your tool set or etc etc
1: um yeah so i think in terms of interclub it's it's a very like it's a very sensitive way up of competition and um, working together so <clears throat> we already have um, our exec group chat mm-hmm. with all the execs from all the clubs and we've also got um, our president group, t- group chat which I feel like is really good um, I think it is healthy to maintain our competitiveness with other clubs so um, in terms of like our plans with Interclub, it's not going to change too much, I think. Um, I like the competitiveness and it really comes out um, like with sport and stuff. But in terms of like um, like being connected with other clubs, I feel like it is good to um, be closer to the exec team. And because we're exec, it gives us an opportunity to like make a group chat it gives us an opportunity to be able to speak to each other and bounce off ideas. And I think that um, being able to, like, differentiate between what is competitiveness and what is working together is really important when we're, like, discussing things that we want to do. And um, there can be a stigma um, in terms of, like, tradition or things that, like, other clubs do. But I feel like it's more beneficial to be able to, like, not see, like, maybe, like, a specific idea that one club does like even though it might be copied quote unquote um, by another club I feel like um, my opinion personally on that is like it's okay to an extent but um, yeah the, the nature of our four clubs is will like result in competitiveness and I think that like in terms of inter club we just need to be really like be really careful of um what our plans are um but yeah i'm not i'm not afraid to like um get really close with um the other executive teams um and the other presidents as well and i don't think it's harmful in any way for us to um be in contact talk about ideas and i think it's actually really healthy because like if you think about it the only other person or people that you have to talk to in terms of your role um, if you exclude into club, is like your past presidents mm. and they, be, they might be enclosed as to like what they thought that what was good for only our club but like with the president group chat that we have I feel like it opens up a, a new window for us to like figure out ideas um, think of things that might not have been thought of if it was just our club and that's because we have traditions. We have things that like we like like to do every single year. But if we want to like continually make our club better, we'll have to change it, um, change some of the things that we do, and maybe those ideas could come from like outside of our club. So I think I think it's healthy, but at the same time, I think we just um, I want to keep the competitiveness, if you know what I mean, um, and I think it's like healthy competitiveness. Right. But yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I think in yeah. terms of inter-club.
0: Absolutely agree with you there, Zach. I think that's, you know, approaching that inter-club sort of like situation with mindfulness is really, really like it can be used to your advantage almost. Like I remember throwing it back to last, oh no, only this year actually, with um a couple of our stalls. With one of our stalls that we had, I think for quiz night, we noticed that I see, like walking around the corner with my stall set up, with like me only being there. I see Chloe, um, your treasurer, and I see like Franklin start rolling up, and I know, oh my god, this is gonna be a tough sell. But like you know, having that conversation with them, already being friends with them, seeing Frankie and being like, yo, what's up, bro? Wait, what are you doing on my turf? Like mm. you know, having those, having that sort of like fun competitiveness is like good in the sense that it can help us grow ourselves, and you know, eliminates that potential for that intimidating environment um from executive team to executive team so it's really good that even like at times we might need to like utilize each other's help or like um the fact that our clubs are actually like connected um with regards to events as well like having a good like stream of communication between one and another is going to be definitely supplemented by friendship even so i feel like yeah there's so many things we could learn and i learned a lot from frankie myself with regards to the changes that i wanted to make within our club and because of that because of frankie because of um karen because of ben i was able to change like um a lot of things that i wanted to change which is good but uh how about asia itself like do you know if asia has any like particular stance on kcc i know we see like i know my executive team sees your executive team or saw your executive team as like a group of like very well-rounded individuals or people who were like willing to really get the job done so do you know do you have any like stance on us so with kcc um i think because you guys
1: started later um like your club was formed later Mm -hmm. um it hasn't like, not, not like trying to like put you down or anything, but it hasn't reached. I don't think that KCC has reached the capacity that, um, it can reach yet. Mm. Um, so I think obviously just because of the time difference we've, Asia and MSU have had their chance to, um, expand. Um, and I was actually talking to, um, Alyssa about this yesterday after your AGM I feel like you guys um especially from your influence um you guys are like um about to hit your expansion mm. that's what i feel and one of the things that um i um like feel pretty strongly about KCC is that you guys just um you guys just do your own thing mm, and that's okay. what i that's one of the views that we've had on KCC and um we're kind of getting scared (laughs) a little bit because um even though you guys might do your own thing um i feel like you guys have your own like niche you have your own audience um and you have something that um asia msu and cs might not have Mm. um is that individuality of your club um Take it as you will. I think it is a double-edged sword. It could be like this. Could be like um, your major break, like breakthrough, or it could just like um, it could be like what keeps your club small and like successful in its own way. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's that's my vision on KCC. But um, yeah, I feel like I feel like you guys are getting somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's like. Not not to offend you or anything, but KCC wasn't really on the radar, um, in terms of like ticket sales because obviously we compare a lot. Yeah. Um, you got like MSU. Um, they always have their ball that sells out in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, and then we've got like we just like always look at how many tickets like other clubs have sold, um, due to the just the competitiveness of our clubs, but um, yeah, I think you guys have got something on on um, going on, so um that's that's my view on kcc at the moment so yeah
0: yeah definitely a topic of discussion with the current executive team and my executive team is that you know should we keep trying to exploit as much of the niche we have or should we have to like change the way we go about things if we want to grow bigger and better or like with regards to you know actually knowing what the goals of the new executive team are are they something that you know will put us more on the map as well or they're something that you know just want to keep us um for lack of a better word constrained within like the sort of constraints that we have like with regards to our very niche you know korean cultural um aims that we have but yeah um enough comparison from asia to kcc i know that we also like we've had a better connection inter-club wise this year as well um i feel like compared to last year especially with regards to our executive teams but how important do you think uh how do you actually reckon the, the team of 2021 went? So Frankie's team went with regards to um, how their team went for Asian students in Australia. How do you think their performance was? Um. So we, we had um, like quite a
1: major hiccup at the start of the year. Um, and um, obviously without disclosing any information that I'm not allowed to. Um, I think that It was double, double hard for them. Mm. We've just come out of COVID. We're still trying to pick things back up. We're still trying to, like, get people um, out of their homes together. um, But still follow the restrictions that we have. Um, As well as um, something that I feel like we need to improve, which is our fresher selection process. Um, Because I feel like it can be very, like... The way, the way it happens is that we have, like, a day where we um, interact with our new freshers and then based on everyone's opinion, um, we, we choose who goes to join. Mm. But um, I think that um, because of that, um, it actually was pretty hard for our executive team to um, get something out of this year because, like, you can, you can start, right? And you can feel down and then the year can just, like, keep becoming like keep um like falling into turmoil even more but with with the team for 2021 i think they did um actually a tremendous job um of like leading our club um and yeah i obviously the team for 2021 i didn't really know that well we had chloe amanda Frankie, and amy and even though i didn't know them that well I've gained respect for each of them mm. and um if you think about the things that they've done like Amy she her presence on social media is like unparalleled it was crazy like um even though we had our hiccups I think that like pushed us to work even harder and um, there are some benefits that like I couldn't even imagine that um would have happened like our social media like legit popped off it was crazy mm. um I think that um, like our events were very good still. Um, we, didn't, we, don't, we didn't sell like an insane amount, but the fact that we'll be able, like we keep this club running, like that, that's the main goal of our club. We're non-for-profit, we keep it running. Like the only people that benefit is the club itself and the new people coming through. And I think that the team for 2021 really, really kept that going. Um, regardless of the things that we went through so yeah um, I, I think they went pretty well mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have gained the respect for them that I feel now if they
0: um, didn't like work their asses off so yeah I think they did pretty amazing yeah I reckon they did amazing as well you know keeping that conversation with Franklin and I like just having chats about our teams and I know like you know they've done so much with regards to keeping that momentum going with asia you guys are always you guys have always been um at the peak pretty much with regards to like you know asian clubs and um you know your events as well you're always doing well which is really good to hear and i just want to you know heading into like the very final sections of our podcast episode today is there anything you'd like to say to those who might be thinking about running for president or any office barrier situations of the club any gems of like zachary advice (laughs)
1: So um, I think, I think a, a big issue, even with um, like the commitment to our club as um, an OCM, like an ordinary committee member, is that like, when, you, when you jump into something new, I said this in my speech as well, like, you jump into something new and your first thought is to be scared of like, your commitment. Um, you have like, all these other things that you need to worry about, like your uni marks, or like um, when, you join, when you join university, like so many doors open for you. Like I actually thought about this coming from high school and going into university. Like after my first year, I didn't know the person that was in high school. Mm. Like things like getting a car or moving out or like um, added responsibility and never being at home clubbing Friday, Saturday night. All those kind of things, like your life changes dramatically, and you don't even realize it. Um, I think that's one of the key things that you just got to like really know that you're doing. And with that, you can. There's like two. There's obviously there's more than two, but I think there's like two main ways that you can go. So the first main way is that um, you can just keep to yourself. Um, you study hard. Um, because you're in uni so that you can graduate so that I'm like most people like want to get a job and things like that that like I think that um, that is that can be the path that people take you just stay in uni get your studies done and get your career going but one thing that I learned in high school um, is that there's there's a bit of a parallelism between the jump from primary school to high school and the jump from high school to um, university so in high school, I was like, and like because of my nature, I was an overcommitted committed person. Um, I'll tell you like a typical day in high school. From 6am to 7.30, I'd have swimming. 7.30 to 8.30, I have like music ensemble. Mm. School throughout the day, music rehearsal at lunch. School throughout the day. After school, I have water polo training. And after that, I had um, music rehearsal after water polo training. I'm at school from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like, as much as I think that that would have been impossible, the fact that I kept myself busy meant that, like, I knew that I had to do things. I had to do them straight away. And I think that you can apply that when you join Asia. Like, as much as it is a social club, you have your commitments, and it's really healthy to have something else other than uni, when you are at uni. So in terms of like thinking about running for an exec position or something, like you gotta have a fucking mentality. Like, just do it. Like humans are capable of like insane amount of things. And I think that if if you have like any any like thought that just crosses your mind like, oh maybe I should run or maybe I should do this. Like regardless of whether it's joining Asia being part of the subcommittee or being like an exec position. If like, I think that the first thing that you should clear off your like reasons, whether you want to do it or not is um, whether you can be bothered. So that one, you need to cross off your list straight away because like it opens up so many more opportunities for you to think about like, what kind of difference can you make in this world? And like, what are you capable of? And I think That's something i really want to push for my committee as well like what have you got to lose things like that and that's that's part of the reason why um i ran as well i was like if i can do the things i did in high school i should be able to do it now there's nothing stopping me so yeah that's the advice i would give to my future committee members if they're ever thinking of running
0: wow yeah that's some really really solid advice right there really really like shows like that you've done so much and that anybody is like able to do as much or even more like even you're able to push yourself to the limit or maybe even the limit that you thought you had is not actually your limit like you can actually do way more than whatever like people really like people really can do like i think that you know that self-restraint that stuff self, self-constraint of what you can actually do is so like mentally dependent like having that good mentality or like having a mentality that soars as high as the sky is just so important with regards to anything you achieve in life whether you're being like at the elite level of like sport or like you know the elite level of music or you know anything you want to achieve in life requires that mental like capacity first to really be like yeah i can do this and at the end of the day like most of the time whenever anyone wants to do something whenever anyone like has the possibility or opportunity to do something they can actually do it and it's just them it's just their own words it's just their own demons that are telling them that they can't do it but really are those things that like are unable to be overcome i think that's that's definitely a question for you guys the listener to really think about with yourselves and i think you know having that discussion about what humans are really capable of is definitely what makes this episode probably one of the best that i've had definitely like In the history of this podcast because i hope that you guys do realize within yourselves a lot of you do have self-doubt and a lot of you do have what i would call like an anchoring mentality like something that just holds you back and when you look behind yourself like you do hold the keys to get that get rid of that anchor and it's really up to you how much you want to do and whether or not your goals are sky high you know there's that very cliche saying again shoot for the moon even if you don't get there you'll land among the stars which is probably not um, true because I don't think that's how that works but you know you guys get get what I'm trying to say but yeah heading to that final heading to the final portions of this podcast episode again just want to ask you has what does it take this podcast itself a bit of a meta question has it played any part in your life leading up to this moment
1: um it actually has like there's i, I think that I'm an overthinker, kind of. But, like, being able to actually, like, as you said before, like, this podcast, like, opens up an opportunity to speak about things that, like, we wouldn't normally speak of. And it's things that you, like, could be afraid, that could be detrimental to, like, your friendships and stuff. But um, I feel like, like, what does it take has, like, really, really let me open up about, like, some of the issues that um like if I think about it holistically it's like an incorporation of all the issues, the triumphs, or like anything that has happened like in all parts of my life to come together and like it's like during this podcast it's like kinda given me my own self understanding about why things have happened. And some of the things that like have come out of my mouth. It's just like it came out because like my brain's starting to piece things together. So I feel like Many of the things I said today, um, I think that, um, well, it would be great if this sort of enlightened our listeners um, to think about, like, why some people do the things that they do and why people, like, um, can be the person that they are today. So, yeah, it's, yeah, this podcast really given me the opportunity to, to speak things that have been not really at the back of my mind, but behind the forefront of my mind. Like, not the first thing that I would say to people, but things that I would be speaking, um, thinking about while I'm doing something, or while I'm like dealing with whatever I have to deal with. So yeah, like I actually like really appreciate this opportunity, and um, yeah, like thanks, thanks for inviting me <laughs> to go
0: on this podcast. But yeah, it was a really good opportunity. No worries, man. Yeah, I think <clears throat> just speaking about during this episode human nature and like root like the root of human ambition and what we can achieve what we can't achieve and like the mental blockade is what's going to make you know this episode especially special because it then becomes relevant to everyone it becomes relevant to almost like humanity because everyone has their own struggles and everyone has their own self doubts and things like that and overcoming that is like you know it's applicable to our situations having been a president, you being the president, but it's definitely also applicable to everyone in daily life, you know, going up for a walk, you know, changing, um, trying to pick up a new hobby, all these little like things that people do day to day to sort of like just change their lives. It's definitely, this is one of the first steps, you know, hearing about it. And like the fact that we are able to actually like openly discuss this is I think very, very good and very like meaningful in a way as well. So again before my special random question now i'm sure you've heard that the special random question is like you know the best part of the podcast but i'm pretty sure it won't be this time eclipsed by the sheer content that we've brought today so unfortunately i'm sure it won't be as amazing as what we've said so far but before our special question just want you to plug in your socials so your instagram how can people find you
1: oh yeah so um my instagram is just my full name zachary chan but the chan has two n's at the mm. end. Um and my Snapchat is in my Instagram. If um you're looking to snap me. Sweet. Short concise. Um, yeah, and my Facebook is just Zach Chan, not Zachary. So yeah. easy. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I also have a TikTok. Ah, Chan, yeah. Same as my Instagram. Same as your Instagram. You guys yeah. heard it here first. Check him out on TikTok <laughs> especially. I know this guy's probably got some hell enlightened TikToks on there as well. Can't <laughs> wait. But yeah, special random question. Here we go. Are you excited? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So this is something again that I thought of like during this episode as well. Something that hasn't actually been pre like thought up. I've given you like the agenda for what possibly we might be talking about today. Minus the special question. Special random question has been labeled as special random question to, you know, increase the, you know, vague, just to, you know, pull that vagueness lever (laughs) and crank it up a notch as well so my special random question to you is related to this pre-question first all right so okay. you did mention that you played in music ensemble and um just want to know what what instrument did you play so i played piano and clarinet piano clarinet yeah. and did you play sort of like chamber sort of music or jazz or any like do you you know what sort of genre you guys were involved in oh yeah i hate jazz (laughs) i don't know why i just don't like it at all but um piano i played solo it was for my like
1: not well it's like more for my enjoyment Mm -hmm. and clarinet um i started in like year five and it was just like that thing that they do at public schools. like they're like oh do you want to learn an instrument you do a small test and if you're like if if we think you're suitable, you can pick up a new instrument. So I started cl- playing clarinet, and because of my experience with piano, I kind of, like, improved pretty quickly. And then um, I played in, like, symphony orchestra, clarinet ensemble. Um, I played in, like, um, the, back, the backing track band for, like, musical theatres at school. Wow. Um, played a bit of jazz, didn't like it. Um, played, like, wind ensemble with different wind instruments. Yeah, heaps of stuff heaps of ensembles at school Mm. um so yeah so it was more like clarinet for like ensembles and piano for
0: personal enjoyment okay so are you familiar with like wayo and wazo at all
1: yeah yeah um my sister actually plays in one of the subsidiary orchestras for wayo wow okay Um, yeah but i never joined Mm. um yeah i'm kind of like a i hate exams (laughs) i never did exams so like I never really joined any of those orchestras, but yeah.
0: Fair enough. Okay, so just a bit of context to the audience Wayo, Western Australian Youth Orchestra, and Wazo, Western Australian Symphony Orchestra. And my question to you, Zachary Chan, is your entire executive team is now placed in Wazo. Who's playing what? Oh, this is so good. <laughs> Alyssa
1: plays violin. Oh, snap. Nice. And she okay. played in Wayo. Oh, um, damn! and she was um, the concert master of the Philharmonic Orchestra, wow. which is just one underwear. So, um, yeah, she's playing violin, of course, okay, okay. front seat, shaking the um, shaking the conductor's hand <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um Leonard actually played the euphonium. Oh my god. So he'll be at the back of the orchestra, blasting out some tunes. Yeah. Um I actually I think Ashley like we all have like a general agreement that Ashley is like, you don't want to make her angry. Okay. So I'll probably put on the bass drum or something so that she can whack something. (laughs) And, um... Hmm, Charlie. I don't know. I feel like she should play like flute or something. Wow. That's the first instrument that came into my mind. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much an orchestra in itself. It is, it is. We've got our violin, we've got our percussion, got our winds, our brass, and,
0: um, our melody line. So yeah fantastic (laughs) love that answer okay so thank you guys the audience for listening to today's episode I'm sure we all learned a thing or two I know I have actually and I just want to say you know thank you so much Zach for giving up the time to come onto this podcast especially because you got work really soon don't you yeah I do (laughs) yeah so thank you once again for coming onto the podcast all good man do you have any final remarks um yeah check my social media (laughs) I will share it on there um yeah that's pretty much it sweet okay so for listeners of what does it take thank you guys for listening to today's episode i believe it is my ninth episode and i'm definitely saying that this is probably one of my favorite episodes of all time so again thank you guys everyone for listening thank you for coming on and i hope to see you guys on the next episode